0: Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit ThePorch.Live. Thank you for joining.
1: What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I'm joined with the one and only John Davidson Rogers. (laughs) Hey.
0: Jay Diggity.
2: And- Wow. Mrs. Laura <laughs> Eldridge. Hey, y'all. What's up, guys? What are we talking about? Today we are talking about depression, oh, which is a... Fan favorite. Yeah. <laughs> heavy topic. Oh, man. Hope I it's not it. raining today. Me too. This, this Monday. Um, but... I'm glad we're talking about it more. We're, we're kind of just going deeper. We're doing a deep dive on the conversation because we did just do a message on depression in our last therapy yeah. uh, series, and you did a whole talk on it. So if you want to go listen to David's talk on depression, you can go to the live and find it there, download the Porch app. Yeah. But... Uh, I do just want to take the conversation further because I know that I think you even learned a lot in preparing for that message. You learned about how depression is just plaguing young adults all across the world. And so let's just start right off the bat, uh, just asking, what is it? What is depression? Can I self-diagnose myself as someone who is depressed? Do I have to be prescribed as depressed? Yeah. All right. This is going to be the
1: most controversial part of the podcast. You guys ready? Ready. Everybody ready? Hey, if you live in Seattle, no, not this part. I'll skip that. I'm coming back to it. If you live in Seattle or Portland, man, it is rainy all the time. You you are going to win some porch merch. Wow. You show us a screenshot of yourself listening to this wherever you are. We will send it to you if you're in Seattle or Portland or another depressing, loca- depressing location. Um, all right, here, here's the biggest challenge Savage. with, uh, with I think, one of the biggest challenges with depression. Okay? You guys following? Ready. How do you define um, a person who is elated or overjoyed or happy? There's a spectrum. We all understand when someone describes himself in that state, uh, there are factors that contribute to it. There, is a, um, uh, there are things that uh, they could be on a spectrum of happiness in that state of joy. I'm using that as an example to go to the opposite, which would be depressed, In other words, a person who's in a state where they feel pressed down, they feel discouraged, they feel like something is wrong and they uh, uh, have been diagnosed by someone in psychology or a counselor or a therapist or themselves or a family member as depressed. I guess the point I'm trying to make is this is a relatively, psychology in general is a hundred year old feel. Mm -hmm. Psychology has began in the last, in that hundred years, attaching labels to certain, um, uh, oh man, I don't know. They've been diagnosing people with titles that have, if they've, they've been around for forever. If people have been depressed now, they've been depressed for forever. People had clinical anxiety now, whatever that you know. And there's a moving definition of what that even means to have clinical anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had that for all of history. In other words, we're not at a unique time. There might be heightened levels of it, but. It there's some subjectivity in there. Now yep. some people would say, well, it's it's related to serotonin levels in the brain. Yeah. Which has a lot of theory involved in it. In other words, it is still a theory and it does not manifest itself in all people who get diagnosed as depressed that their
2: serotonin levels are off. So that's a question I would want to know is like, do you have to have a chemical imbalance? Like do you have to be told that by a professional to even be able to call yourself depressed? No, not necessarily. Because one of the things you did talk about in your message is you talked about that worship song that said, he breaks the chain of depression or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so does that mean that God just like restores your chemical? Like he balances out your chemicals? Like, is that what has to happen or?
1: I think what I'm saying is, man, um, it's a really tricky topic because uh, we're using a term that can describe, like the Bible in multiple places, describes people as depressed. Does that mean that they went to a psychologist and they sat down and they had their hormone levels checked on their adrenaline glands and the serotonin Mm -hmm. levels in their brain? Is that what? No, clearly that didn't exist back then. But it describes someone as in a pushed down low state. So I think I'm saying part. Let me just acknowledge up front: one of the challenges in this conversation is there is a little bit of subjectivity to it. And I'm not invalidating that as though it's not real. Yeah. Somebody can be in a depressed state. And um and their ser- serotonin levels are fine. They just have uh, walked through the death of their spouse. Yeah, and they're really in a low low place. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. And I think all of us, because we live in a broken world, um, uh, could easily slip in through tragic and brokenness and and just painful things. We could slip into a discouraged state. Yeah. Um, it's also connected to the fact that there could be uh, the environment that we're around could be so abusive and so toxic that it brings about depression. But uh, the definition from the dictionary we used in that message was that it is a uh, severe despondency or discouragement, typically felt over a period of time, accompanied by feelings of hopelessness and inadequacy. That's the Oxford Dictionary definition. The biblical definition that is used in Proverbs chapter twenty-five verse chapter 12, verse 25, is a heart that is pushed low. That's the word that it says. It says, anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. And the Hebrew word for depression that's used there is the heart being pushed down low. So I think further one of the challenges is studies show that this really impacts men and women differently, even some of the symptoms that they experience. Hmm. And psychology is a form of medicine where just like every doctor, they have a practice and they call it a practice because they are practicing medicine. They're trying to figure out how to provide either medicine or suggestions or things that could resolve the problem that's there. And it's not always a one size fits all. It's not always clear. The symptoms sometimes look different. And much like we're still in medicine figuring out autoimmune disease, you guys know what I'm talking about when I say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you'll go in and they're like, we're not exactly sure. We're still trying to figure out exactly what's going on, but there's clearly something off.
0: And they label it, the, like blanket things, like autoimmune.
1: Yeah. And and the person's going, look, I'm not making up that I feel this way or that I'm having Lupus these tingling like in that. my hands. Yeah. or the, Like all of those. We're still trying to figure out and we still don't fully understand it, but God in his word does. And we can know that um, depression is not new. People in the Bible were depressed. Jonah Described himself in a place of depression. Elijah in First Kings chapter nineteen described himself in a place of depression. We talked about in that message. Job, David, uh, Jeremiah—arguably
2: most of his life, the prophet was in depression. Paul. So you can be a Christian and be depressed. Yes, absolutely. And it, can you be depressed, or are you like struggling with depression? I'm not sure. I know the difference. Um. Say someone who maybe like is uh, diagnosed with depression, like mm-hmm. they need medication mm-hmm. for the rest of their life, and um that's like it's part of like them physically mm-hmm. or another person could have lost their spouse and might come out of that depression like they were they were feeling depressed for a season, yeah, but they weren't depressed. Yeah, I mean, there's some assumptions baked in there. We're going
1: there, dude. We are going there. We're going medication. We're going there. Um, the the person who says, "Hey, there's something broken in me. I need to be on medication for the rest of my life." I'm not saying that doesn't exist, and that is entirely possible. I just, uh, you know, let's double click here in a second more on medication. Mm-hmm. I would say they should be always doing the things that Scripture to fight that depression, to fight those feelings of of despair and discouragement and sadness and, and apathy. They should be fighting through God's word, living in community, fighting through the truth of God's word. Like, what am I believing? What are my mindset? Like, how am I taking my thoughts and, um, and evaluating them based on what God says is true. They should be living in community authentically with other people. And they should be um, pouring their heart out to God through prayer They should be seeking to do all the things that scripture calls us to as a first line of defense. And then there are times it may be necessary or appropriate to involve medication, but never without doing all of the things that God says in his word. The problem with medication, as I think I brought up in that message, is it treats the symptoms of the depression, not the source of the depression. Mm -hmm. So it, it deals with like the feelings not with what is causing that depression. Mm -hmm. There is a cause to your depression. The second most controversial thing that I will say is um, I think it is dangerous to talk about depression like it is an illness, not a symptom or not symptoms of something that has its roots, symptoms of something in our life. Like Here's what I mean by that. If it is a disease, then you are the victim of it and there's nothing that you can do. You just have to live with it and kind of embrace it for the rest of your life. Biblically, I don't see a ton of evidence for that, that we are victims of that and there's nothing that we can do to change it. I'm not saying that it's not real. I'm not saying it's not present and I'm not saying it's not uh, really challenging and terrible and painful and lonely and sad. I'm saying there are things that you and I are called to do biblically to combat anxiety, to combat depression, to find joy in every circumstance, to um follow Christ in general and you and I have a responsibility to be doing those things. So man, if somebody's going to involve medication and they're not going to be doing the things that God calls us to in his word, um I think that they're just going to address the symptoms and never deal with the source. And I hope that they finally get to some place where they can they can wean off of those um uh of medication because they continue to grow in their faith. Maybe there's somebody out there that that, that that's just not ever gonna happen. It's like a diabetic where they're gonna have to be on insulin supplements for the rest of their life. I'm just saying, I think it's dangerous when we talk about it as though like, man, you can't do anything about this. And when a therapist from the outside without ever evaluating you know, the specific brain hormones and the um, uh, at a brain level evaluating, they're just going, oh, you're kind of describing this, here's a pill if the person that is describing that is not also doing what God calls us to spending regular time in God's word, spending authentic relationships or spending time in authentic relationships with God's people, um, going to God consistently in prayer. Uh, they are not doing the first line of defense that God calls us to. We live in a world that is broken from sin and apart from Christ, you should be depressed. And even with Christ, believers will get depressed Mm -hmm. And um, there are times, I think, I've never experienced it personally, but I have a friend who walked through, um, I mean, Tommy, who came and he's spoken at the Porsche many times. He would say that because of the lifestyle that he lived, that was what triggered his depression. He was going uh, like 12 hours a day for years and years and years. His adrenal glands gave out and medically he had to get to a point where if he was going to get healthy again, he uh, involved a number of different medicines that kind of led him back to a, a place where... He was no longer in a depressed state, unable to get out of bed. I'm just saying, as believers, we need to make sure that we're doing all of the things that scripture calls us to, even if we're so low that we don't, we can't even have a quiet time. Just open up and read one verse and say, God, I'm holding on to this one verse. And if you don't want to, say, God, I don't even want to hold on to this one verse, but I'm gonna cling to it and I need your help right now. And I'm telling other community members what I'm walking through mm. and what I'm going through and um and using those as a first line of defense.
0: Yeah, I'll say this. So there was a point in my life where I don't I don't I feel like I was probably too prideful to admit a level of despair, maybe even borderline depression, I don't think depression, but at least like sadness to the extent where um, I had an expectation that life was going to be up and to the right, and then something bad happens, and all of a sudden I'm experiencing loss and grieving, and not really understanding, hey, how, what of this is okay, mm-hmm. and what of this is not okay, and then it comes in ways where it's like you can't sleep at night, and then, and then you start fighting and battling there. So, what would you tell the person who's in a spot right now of like, um, my expectations have been completely shattered. My life is at the lowest point ever. And I truly, I'm trying and I don't know what to do.
2: Yeah.
1: I would say reach out. Hopefully you have believers in your life that know that, that can come alongside and encourage you. Um, You're describing dealing with tremendous disappointment and life is filled with tremendous disappointment. There are young people who are disappointed. They're not far enough along in life. I think there are, there's a reason why 25% of people over the age of 60 are those who consume antidepressant medication Mm -hmm. because they've reached a stage in life where they're not depressed about where they are and how far they're not. They're depressed about whatever mistake they made in their past. And um, and so you're describing disappointment Mm -hmm. and a tremendous disappointment that can be real and can lead to a discouragement that forms into a depression and a state where it's really difficult to get out of. So I would say have people in your life that know about that, that are walking alongside, Galatians chapter 6 says, Bear each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That you and I have certain things, depression being one of them, where it is too heavy for you to carry alone. So you should have other men and women in your life, other guys if you're a guy, other girls if you're a girl, who know where you're struggling, who are a source of encouragement. They're texting you in the morning saying, Hey, I'm praying for you this morning. Here's what I read in God's word. I'm with you today. How can I be praying with you? They're asking you, How? Uh, your week is going. How are you feeling? What have you studied recently from God? They're the ones who come over in the middle of the night just to sit around when you don 't feel like praying and they just say, "Man, you sit there and i 'm going to pray for you and you need to have those types of relationships inside of your life. so I think you 're going to face it. I think it 's a matter of time for all of us before we walk through what you described again is tremendous disappointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, people listening to this podcast are not going to be not going to be able to have kids. Mm-hmm. There are people. Just mm-hmm. statistically, mm-hmm. if there's 15,000 people listening, statistically, hundreds will not be able to have kids someday. Mm. I mean, that's a fact. That is horrible, painful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and-
0: are people that aren't going to get married.
1: Like, there's people who are listening that are not going to get married.
0: Mm-hmm. There's people
1: who are listening that their mom's going to die of cancer. Mm-hmm. There's people who are listening, that their spouse is going to die of cancer. Uh, a life is painful and it is broken. It's why we don't live for this life. And, um, and we rest in the hope that Paul says, man, even this life, the light and momentary afflictions is what he describes life as, are not worth comparing to the glory that's in front of us. So we find hope not in this world, but hope in, in the life that is to come. And in the meantime, we hold on to that hope and we hold on to Christ and we do it with other people in our life to combat disappointment, discouragement, depression.
0: So you're saying to go to other people in my life, but what if I'm the person sitting there like, I don't want to be a burden to other people. I'm scared that if I'm actually that honest, that they're going to be like, hey, you're just too much for me. Yeah. Or, you know, where it's like, I don't want to bring the mood down. What if I'm that person sitting there and you're telling me to go to these people?
1: Man, I swear, like, you got to have a small group. Hopefully you're plugged into a healthy church. It's hard for me to say like, oh man, you, you your friends, they're not going to say... Um, What was the phrase you used? Like, you're bringing me down or whatever. I don't know. You may have bad friends and you listen to this and they may (laughs) say that. I'm saying you got to have authentic relationships with other Christ followers that you can go to when times are hard because all of us walk through them. All of us are going to face in the future are facing right now or have faced moments where we are carrying something to use Paul's words, bear each other's burden. The word he used there is cargo. It's like bear each other's cargo because there's some cargo you're gonna carry that is too heavy to carry alone. Mm. So you're gonna need other people to help carry that in life. So hopefully you're plugged into a local church, you have other believers in your life. Let me say a few more things. Okay. If you're in a place of depression, you got to not just spend time in God's word, we address it as we go listen to that porch message because we covered it, we got to address it. You were made, um, there's a, uh, a psychosomatic, wiring and i won't lose it with the paper. basically you can't separate spiritual from physical so there are aspects that you got to be doing hey you're spending time in god's word you're exercising mm-hmm. as i mentioned in that in that podcast or in that message even meeting with therapists one of the key things they will constantly do is say hey you've got to spend time exercising you got to move your body around endorphin studies coming out of the uk This is only a few years old, and there's so many studies like this, have shown that exercise, consistent exercise, aerobic exercise releases the same amount of endorphins that would be the equivalent to antidepressants and Mm -hmm. can be just as helpful if not more helpful over time. You gotta be spending time outside. You gotta be spending time with other believers and having relationships and having people around you in general. So you combat it from a physical and a spiritual level because both of those oftentimes are going on. It's crazy that the highest suicide rates in the world are in Alaska and we don't talk about this more that Alaska's dark half the year and Portland where it's also rainy overcast 25% of the population is on antidepressants. Those are just yeah. the ones getting medication. There's a reason why um, when you are not outside and you're just in a cube staring at a screen today, it can cause depression, mm-hmm. vitamin D and, um, and this isn't some tips and tricks. This is just saying, man, this is how God made you mm-hmm. he created Adam and Eve. He put them in a garden said, go, cultivate the world around you, not go sit in a cube on a, you know, a sixth floor and never move your body, never be outside, never doing those things. I would look at your diet and I'd make sure you're getting enough sleep and I would mm-hmm. stop drinking. All of those are really important, especially if you're in a low place, man. I talked to a friend today who was talking about the time he was tempted to have suicide. Mm-hmm. And he was drinking too much and he was um, not making decisions that were uh, helping him physically be there, despite having a spiritual formation that was a part of his life. So I would address all of those things and, um, and widen the circle with other people and be honest about what's going on with your life, what thoughts you're having. And hopefully you're a part of a small group where you can say, look, I, sometimes I find myself so overwhelmed and disappointed, I kinda wanna take my life. Mm-hmm. You gotta say that to people. Mm-hmm. The worst place you can be if you're depressed is isolated. Mm-hmm. And so if you have someone in your life that's struggling with depression or if you are, if you know somebody, man, reach out, ask them how they're doing. You could be a part of, of a source of light that breaks through the darkness that, they find that your friend may be in right now. Or if you're in that place, you got to break through that darkness by just reaching out and saying, I'm not okay. Will you pray for me? Will you help me? And bringing others in.
2: It's good
0: I just feel like you have to address the one thing David because you're talking about exercise and um, moving and doing all these things but when you are depressed you're in this state of like I'm I don't want to do anything yeah so just tell me quickly how to push past that like it feels like it's gonna take the most amount of energy to even pick up my phone and text one
1: yeah yeah um I think you are, man, you're fighting for your life Mm. and you're fighting for your spiritual life. And uh, if it takes that energy, pick up the phone and just hit a button. Uh, It's worth it. If if you can't hit that button, if you have a roommate, yell and have them hit the button for you or just bring them in and share whatever you can. This is what's going on. I read a book when I was in my 20s called What Do I Do When I Don't Desire God by Mm -hmm. John Piper. I'll save everybody the time of reading the book. (laughs) Piper's a great author too, but um, he basically was like, uh, he made the case that biblically, what do I do in those moments? Because those are all going to come. Like, what do I do when I don't want to read my Bible? What do I do when I I don't want to spend time with God? What do I do when I don't want to live in community? And he was like, here's what you do. You keep going anyways. You hold on. You keep doing it. And even though your heart is not there, I keep moving my hands into it because those seasons are going to happen. And what I need most, I want to do least.
2: Mm.
1: I need community. I need God's word. I need the truth. And when those seasons happen, I, I hold on to not what I feel, but what I know is real, which is the truth from God's word. And I keep doing it. I may go from 50 minutes in God's word to five, but I keep holding on to it and I keep continuing and I keep continuing.
2: And if you're a friend, if you're one of those roommates and you are seeing signs, though, of people who yeah. are lacking energy, are not coming out of the room, are not getting out of bed, need that help to make that call or yeah. to get up, to exercise, like, love them well. Yeah, like, totally, Don't be passive mm. and and be willing to have the hard conversations. That person, you might change their life. Totally. So, it might know. save their life. Yeah, for real. And you are not alone. If you are listening and you
1: wrestled with depression, you are not alone and um and covid has only made this worse. And yeah. so all of us as the body of Christ, we need each other. I'm going to have moments where I have to have other believers in my life that can encourage me and you have to have and there's going to be people in my small group and in my life in general that are going to have moments where they need me. So um we reach out, we live authentically, we hold on to what is real, which is the truth in God's word no matter what we feel. It's good. I love it. Hey, that's it. If you have questions, as always, man, this is such a tricky topic. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. If there's any um, questions or thoughts or anything, emails at info at the porch dot live.
2: And we will see you next week at info. I'm sorry. We will see you next week. Man, that's two weeks Are you got that little... Ending a little mixed up there. Wow. You throw (laughs) in the ending. So, can we just do that? Can we just back it up and do it one more time for the people? Okay, all right. (laughs) Email us at infotheporch.live
1: if you have questions. And next week, we will see you back here for another episode of Views from the Porch.